0: Welcome to the Water With Lemon podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host, and I am super pumped that you are listening. This is a podcast by a 20-something, or 20-somethings, or 20-somethings at heart, the desire to dive into the real and the raw, the uncomfortable, and the messy. My desire is that you would encounter the Lord and feel encouraged, inspired, and challenged to chase after Jesus in this crazy time of life. I'm so glad you're here, so grab something refreshing and let's get on with it. Hey ladies, welcome back to the podcast. This week I've got Jen Wise on to talk about living on mission. This episode was super helpful to me, and I think you will find it to be as well especially when we talk about how God calls us to live on mission no matter what stage of life we're in or what our occupation is. I'm excited for you guys to listen, so let's get on with it. Hey Jen, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm excited to have you on the Water Fleming podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Of course. Would you just start us off? Tell us about your life, a little bit about yourself, what your life looks like these days.
1: Yeah, so I live in Bryn Mawr, which is just outside the city lines of Philadelphia. I've been here for about five and a half years. And I have two kids who are gigantic. They're 11 and 13, which is crazy because I still think of them as being like young kids, but they're basically, you know, Aww. as big as I am, which is funny. Sometimes I borrow their clothes and they get mad, which is also, f- I don't know why that bothers <laughs> them, but they really don't like it. So we're kind of busy. I just released my first book last month, which was exciting because yeah. it's a very long, slow process. So mm. it's fun to get it out in the world and get to talk to people about it and just, you know, about the stuff that you've spent all this time pouring your heart out
0: right
1: and I guess other than that I kind of spend most of my time probably in some variety of at home writing and working from home on stuff like that or out with my friends going yoga yeah -hmm. doing family stuff just kind of the normal day-to-day stuff nothing too exciting which is really good (laughs) actually right I really like this time of life yeah yeah that's so good that's so
0: fun tell us a little bit about your book it looks beautiful
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. My book is called The Bright Life and it's 40 invitations to reclaim your energy for the full life. So it's 40 different days of kind of journeying through this idea of like less striving, less trying, getting more rest, taking care of yourself. And all with the idea that like, if we really trust God, if we really Mm -hmm. believe that he's faithful, then we don't have to kind of scrape together this life that we think we need because he's going to provide everything we need. He's going to direct our path. He's going to keep our footing shore. So each day is just kind of a short reflection and a few questions just to kind of slow down and pause Mm. and yeah, just learn to live life. I don't know, more freely with less of a death grip on it. And then you find that you actually have that kind of like bright, awesome life that you really wanted.
0: Mm, I love that. That seems so cool. I like the idea of just like journaling and reflecting. And so I love that it's set up that way. Thank you. Yeah,
1: it's fun. I like that's the kind of stuff I like. So (laughs) I think a book structured where it's just more doable and you can kind of take time to get something out of it is really nice.
0: Yeah, totally. You have to be able to love something that you're writing about because I'm sure that was like a really hard process of writing and (laughs) editing and all of that. So I can't imagine what that was like. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. I would love to check it out. And I know my listeners probably would like to do the same. So we'll make sure to link it in show notes and look for it on Instagram, things like that. So, awesome. Awesome. Love it. So... Most of my listeners are ladies in their 20s or 20s at heart. So I just wanted to (laughs) see, like, what was life like for you in your 20s? What are things that you struggled with, things that you loved, just all about your 20s?
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like I was thinking about that before I came on the show. And my 20s were like, it's a weird decade in a sense because. Mm -hmm you start like for me at the beginning of my twenties, you know, I'm in college. You're kind of like, you think you're busy, but you kind of really have a lot of, you can kind of do what you want to some extent still. Yeah. You live basically with like 800 of your closest friends and it's just a totally unique and special time of life. And then from there, it just, I think life just kind of feels like so much happens in like 10 years. Mm. I don't think there's another decade where like so much happens all like just all in a row. So for me, I mean, I went from College, which were just some like amazing years. I had the best roommates, and I loved my school, and just had a great time. And then I went to grad school, and then I got married, and then I start, you know, started working while I was in grad school. Then I had kids while I was still in grad school, and it just kind of was like this crazy decade of just so much change, Mm -hmm. so much happening, and really great in that sense. Very productive, Um, obviously. I like a lot of good things happen, but kind of exhausting also, and. Mm One thing that I found the hardest, I think, in that time of life was that once I was out of school and out of grad school, you're kind of used to just having people around you all the time that could easily be your friends. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to this weird stage of life where you're like, oh my gosh, like, where are all my friends? <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know, because you move and unless you meet someone at work that you're friends with, it's just, it's, you don't have that level of community mm. that you have at the beginning of your 20s. hmm So in that sense, I think that was one of my hardest struggles was the second half of that of my twenties was just, I was starting to have kids and I was working part-time and it just, I think just kind of a sense of loneliness. Like Mm -hmm. I loved those years for a lot of reasons, but I really missed those deep connections that you have, Yeah, I guess, in the beginning. And then I now have again, but there was a period of time where it was, it was kind of lonely.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I guess that would make sense. Like, especially as you transition into marriage, you're focusing a lot on your husband and probably a little bit less on like friendships and deep friendships and college Mm -hmm. is like set up for you to have community. You know, it's like everybody there is doing the same thing. You have something in common with everybody there. And so it's easy to make friends. So it's harder to do that when you leave and get married and things like that. And when life's always changing. So I could totally see that. That's hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I wanted to talk to you specifically today about just like living on mission, what that looks like when we do transition out of college or into the workplace. And I feel like it can be really easy to just kind of jump into your first job and feel like What's my purpose? Like, either you don't like your job or you do like your job, but just, like, trying to figure out, like, what's my purpose here? And there's all these people who are going, like, on mission trips or, like, doing all these, like, cool gap years. And so is my life, like... Am I really measuring up to those people that are like going and spending a year in Africa or, (laughs) you know, things like that, where you just don't feel like a lot of purpose in what the Lord is doing. And so I just wanted to talk about like what that looks like for us to live on mission. So whenever you left college, what was your first job? Like, did you feel super confident in living on mission in that first job for you?
1: Yeah, you know. I was probably in a unique situation in that my first job was writing curriculum for small groups at a church. So yeah, in that sense, I mean, yes, that's kind of a given that's kind of like baked into that work. But what's interesting is that, again, I was only working part time. And I think the idea of living on mission really extends to every single part of your life, right? So I think it is like you said. It's easy to see people going on these like, oh, they're going to go be a part of some awesome organization for a year. Yeah. You know, they're doing all these crazy things, and it feels like, oh, I'm just kind of living my normal life and going to the grocery store and like, you know, working my normal job, and mm-hmm. and you feel like, oh, am I missing something? Or am I not, you know, doing something meaningful or significant with my life? Mm-hmm. But I think that. It's actually like just kind of that regular life that offers us such this beautiful opportunity to be missional in every single moment. So Mm -hmm. I know for me, like, I think, you know, I spent all these years working for churches or in churches and writing for churches, and I poured a lot of myself into building community around that. Mm-hmm. And I had this distinct memory because it was so horrifying to my own <laughs> soul <laughs> of being like setting, I was setting up to have people over. So I was kind of like out in our backyard, like, you know, putting out tables and, you know, trying to make things <laughs> pretty and, you know, Pinteresty. And, and one of my neighbors walked by through our alley and she was like, Oh, having church people over. <laughs> and she didn't mean anything by it. But I just thought, Oh my gosh, is that all? Like I live in the middle of this block with all these people and just because I'm setting up for a party, like this woman knew church people were coming over and I felt huh. really convicted by that. I was like, why? Like I live right in the middle of people that I could have relationships with, that I could be blessing, that I could be, you know, passing yeah. on God's love to. And I, I like them. I'm kind to them, but like, mm-hmm. I'm not investing in them. I'm not investing in those relationships. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge turning point for me. Cause I just thought, yes, of course, like, you know, community at church is, super important. It's super meaningful. Mm -hmm. And there's a depth to that. That's really special, but investing in the people who are right in front of you, whether that's Mm -hmm. your coworkers, your neighbors, your roommates, your family, the person you bump into at the coffee shop, that that is so important. And I think a lot of times we think of the big missions trips or the church groups and all these opportunities that that's when you kind of live out your faith, but really you live out your faith in like all those little tiny moments and all those relationships that are right in front of you. And I think that that's where the best opportunities are.
0: Hmm, That's good. Like just one of my prayers is often like, Lord, just give me your eyes today. Help me to see people that like need you or just and I've noticed like over the years praying that like just in my day to day going throughout the grocery store or at Smoothie shop, or just wherever you are, mm-hmm. being able to just see people around you and and wonder, you know, do they know Jesus? And like praying for them or asking them questions, you know, just like in the day to day life of what that really looks like to like live on mission, not on a mission trip,
1: but right. Just like in
0: in like your whole life is supposed to be a mission trip. So let's talk about the why. Like, why are we to live on mission? No matter what your job is.
1: I think, like, back in the New Testament, I, like, if your listeners are, you know, super familiar with the Bible, I don't know, but, you know, we call it the Great Commission. It's basically when Jesus mm-hmm. tells all of his followers, like, go out and make disciples of all these people. And he didn't just say that to people that work in ministry <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or to people who, like, have opportunities to raise a bunch of money and travel halfway around the world. It's to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is true. It's supposed to be, you know, making disciples, you know, through yes, like through Bible studies or mentoring people or, you know, investing in relationships, you know, at church intentionally or things like that. But also like we create disciples and we make disciples and we lead people to be Christ-like in all these awesome interactions that we have day to day. Mm -hmm. And really like, if we really believe that God's doing what he says he is, and God tells us he's putting this world back together. Like he's setting Mm -hmm. things right. He's restoring all things. If we believe that like our calling is to be a part of that. And Mm -hmm. so that's like helping to heal hearts. It's helping to heal creation. There's just so much to that. And that is, that's a calling that each and every one of us has on our lives, Mm -hmm. regardless of what your like technical job is.
0: Right. That's good. So what is, what do you think that looks like? Like what on the day to day, you know, at our jobs and in our lives, what do you think it truly looks like to live on mission?
1: Yeah. You know, I think it's something that you touched on before is seeing things through God's eyes. Like if every opportunity is an opportunity to, to pass his love on, to, you know, extend healing to the people around us. Mm. I think, you know, praying to ask for eyes to see that and listening for like, Mm. listening for God's voice, paying attention to where the Holy Spirit's leading, like where, where is God moving already and how can we be apart? Mm. So I think that means slowing down enough to see the people around us and to respond when we feel that tug on our heart, like, hey, this person Mm. might need me to be a little gentler with to them today, or maybe I can stop by, you know, this person who's lonely or, you know, just all these little things. Yeah. Just the way we interact with the people around us, whether that's our family or again, like a perfect stranger. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, it's flies in the face of kind of the way that our culture and even in our Christian culture that we often think of faith, which is that, you know, there's our spiritual life and then the rest of our life. Hmm. But if we're Christians, like, what we believe about God really trickles down and, like, mm. expands to, like, every little piece of our lives.
0: Yeah, I totally agree that it should it should change everything about our life, not just the the Sunday yeah. mornings, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I didn't put this question in there, but I was thinking about... Um, do you have like an example of a time, this could be, you know, like with your family and, you know, realizing like the Lord put on your heart, like, I want you to like the Holy Spirit, like prompting you to be on mission with your family or like with a complete stranger. Like, can you think of an example of like a time where you like totally felt the spirit like prompting you to just like reach out to somebody or, you know, things like that? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, I would say the most common sense I get like from God or, you know, sensing the Holy spirit or hearing the Holy spirit to reach out to people would be some of the people that literally live like right on my street. Mm. And I just, it's funny because it's, it's easy to ignore those things because they feel little, like I might feel Mm. like I should just pop next door and see how this person's doing because, you know, I know that they've been not feeling well or mm-hmm. just little things like that. And it's easy to shove those things aside, which is mm-hmm. funny because they're so doable. Right. <laughs> but right. again, because, it, because it's little and it feels like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, it doesn't really matter. But I think that the more you listen to those things, you know, the more even not, it does matter. And then God uses that whether we totally see how it works out or not. Mm-hmm. And the more we listen, the more I feel like we actually start to hear those things. So, Mm. I mean, there have been times where I think the most uncomfortable time for me, which is the sadness was so uncomfortable to me at first, but I was walking home from something and there was a woman that I know who lives just a couple doors down from me. And I saw her and she was really worried about her sister was really sick. Mm. And this is an older woman. And I felt like God was like, you should stop and pray with her. And I am, I pray, but like I don't right. often pray with people who I don't know that well out loud on the mm-hmm. sidewalk. Who, like, <laughs> I don't even know what they believe. And I thought, I am not doing that. That is super weird looking. But I just could <laughs> not, I, there was like a set, like I was like, this is like a serious prompting moment. It's like, S- just stop for, you know, three minutes and <laughs> pray with this woman. And I didn't end up, I mean, it really, you know, I can't say for sure everything that came of that moment, but like for one thing, it helped to shape my heart and humbled yeah. me, which was really important, but also like it did mean something to her. And she, I think at first she was a little caught off guard when I said, Hey, I'm just going to stop and pray with you about this right now. <laughs> but it was really good. It was just really good. And it was, it was felt meaningful and significant to both of us. And she kind of even circled back later and came over and just, a couple of days later and just let me know what our sister's doing and was really thankful for that. And mm. not that I want to be thanked, but it was just good to know that like, okay, sometimes maybe that feels weird or like, why would I do that? That's so awkward. But, but yeah, like if you're, I don't know, when you listen to God and you follow the Holy spirit, like, I mean, you just, you don't know what you're going to end up doing. You don't know what's going to happen from it. And I think that's mm. exciting.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so true. And it's like you said, in those moments when, Even if it wasn't necessarily, like, this big revelation for the other person, like, you having to step out in obedience (laughs) to it is, like, enough of, like, a life-changing moment where you're like, I thought I was going to be praying to help somebody else, but really, this was just me having to be stepped out of my comfort zone for five seconds, you know?
1: Right, yes, totally. (laughs) And it's, like,
0: and it's also... Like you said, the enemy in those moments when you don't feel like it should be a big deal, like to just go check on your neighbor or Mm -hmm. to just go ask somebody a question about how they're doing or can I pray for you in any way. This lie that we believe about, well, I mean, it'll be fine if not, or it's not a really big deal or they're going to think like... I'm weird for like coming up and just saying hi, you know? Yes. And it's it's just crazy that we buy into that lie. We don't even realize it that oh, it's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. it could it could be. It could be a huge deal to somebody else to just step out of our comfort zone for 5 seconds, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. I
0: like that example a lot. And especially because <laughs> it's it's people right in your neighborhood, right around you, yes. you know, that like that you see or that are around you on a consistent basis. So that's cool. I like that. Yeah. What are some things that you think, I guess we have talked about this a little bit already, but some things that hold us back from living on mission. So we've kind of already said like fear and thinking it's not a big deal, but what else can you think of about things that hold us
1: back? The two main things that come to mind. The first one is just, like busyness, like we mm. are so exhausted and so over scheduled that I think that a lot of times we just don't even have the bandwidth to think outside of ourselves. Mm. And I know that, like, when I am like just going through days and weeks and months, just kind of frantically trying to manage like all the little details of my life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you don't, you just don't, yeah, you just don't even have the space, even the mental space, or the literal space, like we have our, you know, our phones are on or we're doing this or we're doing that. We're answering an email We're, you know, jetting off here. And I think we don't slow down and listen for God mm. and we don't slow down and see the people around us. Cause we're, we're just like racing through our days every day.
0: Mm.
1: And there's like a direct correlation in my own life to when I'm able to slow down and how many people suddenly seem to appear out of nowhere yeah. that I can actually have these like meaningful, significant interactions with. But the sad thing is that those people, you know, they're there either way. Yeah. (laughs) It's just that the rest of the time, you know, we're just kind of like eyes to the ground, like racing around, trying to get everything done, trying to make the most of everything, trying to hold it all together. Mm. And we just don't see them. So I think, yeah, like slowing down is really important. I think the other thing that keeps us, which kind of goes back and just similar to not, you know, just thinking a lot of these things aren't a big deal, Mm. I think in a lot of ways, like. Even in like Christian subculture, we just have like this major thing with like celebrity status. And, Mm. you know, we think like to be someone who's having a significant life or to be, you know, doing really meaningful things, it has to like look impressive or you have to have a million followers or Mm. you should have a certain awesome look or like all these different things. Mm. Otherwise, you're kind of like, well, that's not really my thing. But again, like I really, really believe at least I've seen it in my own life, the most significant and meaningful things that have happened in my life are little things that happen day by day in normal relationships with normal people. When I'm probably, you know, look terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, own, like, from the gym, like, Whatever. Like that's just, I really think that that those are the more significant moments. Like yeah. even if you gain some kind of awesome celebrity status and you've got, you know, 200,000 Instagram followers and you know, like everyone thinks you're great. Like that's, you know, that's good work. And I'm not Mm. at all begrudging that, but I really think that those daily moments and those interactions with people and those small obediences are the things that really are the most significant.
0: Mm. That's good. And it's just, I think about that, the fact that Jesus, like Never cared about the following. Like, Jesus never cared about going to, like, the religious people. Like, he was always stopping his schedule, (laughs) completely halting everything that they were doing. Like, the disciples all the time were like... Bro, what are you doing? We're supposed to be going over here, you know. And he's like, "Hang on, I'm gonna hang out with this lady for four hours at this well. Like, y'all can hang on, you know." And so it's just crazy to me. (laughs) I I don't. I don't think they called him bro. Like, I don't think that would have been respectful, but. Right. Never I was, know. <laughs> mate never know. Like, some sort of, like, term for, like, hey, dude, like. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what that was in Bible times, but if a right spirit wants to help me out with that, I don't know. But it's just crazy to me, like, how can I be more like Jesus in that way of, like. Yeah. Being willing to slow down enough to see just this, to see the other people around you and like mm-hmm. not be in such a rush to get to the next thing, you know, we put so much like weight in our schedules, you know, obviously like your job and things like that. You can't be like, Oh, I'm going to be four hours late to today because I'm hanging out with (laughs) my neighbor, you know, but just, just like being willing to sacrifice and slow down. So Mm -hmm. I like that you said, just like opening our eyes to that. But can you think of any other like scriptural examples Or just scripture in general about why we should live on mission.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned this story. I think maybe like three cards away through my book from the Bible, and I I love this story from the Bible, and it's not it's kind of like underexplored sometimes. I think Hmm. so, but in Nehemiah, I think it's in chapter three. It's when the Jews are coming back from exile, so they've been you know out. They're brought. They get, finally get to return to Jerusalem. It's a big deal, but they get back to Jerusalem, and like the city walls are just crumbled. Mm. And I think, like in our context, we're like, "What does that even mean? Who cares?" But that's actually a big deal. It's like they're not protected. They're not safe. They really need these walls built. But it's an enormous job. It's like you know, how do you put back together an entire city and build walls around it? With you know what's left of your nation,
0: mm.
1: and so. This is like, I think one of the coolest things in, in the Bible, like aside from like the general overarching story of God redeeming everything, but <laughs> is that Nehemiah does something really cool that I think about all the times in terms of neighboring and being missional in your life, which is that instead of like this it's overwhelming project to restore these walls, and so he tells all the people that actually live in the city They're supposed to go outside and and fix the wall, like right in front of their house. Mm. And so, and I think that that chapter actually lists like all these different names. And it's like this, you know, basically like just this whole community of people who go and fix the wall that's right in front of their house. And through that, like the city walls are restored. They're safe. Everything is like put back together. And I think about that a lot when I think about, all these small interactions we have day to day, whether it's with your coworker or on the phone with your friend or with your neighbors is that God is working to restore this whole world. He's putting, he's putting it all back together and we're invited to be a part of that. And the key way that we're invited to be a part of that is not like, we don't have to be thinking like large scale. What's Mm -hmm. what's this huge operation or event I can pull off. And I love events. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not like saying there's anything wrong with that, but like, but what we're really called to is like, something very similar, which is just Mm. who did God put in your life? Who's right outside your door? Who's Mm. right at the next desk? Who's right down the hall from you in the office? Is that, what does that mean for you? And there's a verse, I actually wrote it down before we talked in Galatians and it's, this is the message translation, but it's Galatians six, four to five. And it says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given. And then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't Mm. compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And I love that verse because, yeah, I know. Isn't that actually kind of like an amazing paraphrase of those verses? Yeah. but I love it because I just think, I feel like we need to ask ourselves, like, what is the work that God's put right in front of us? Who are the people God has put in our lives and in our paths? And taking that consideration and who he's made us to be each of us unique, like what is the creative best that we can do with that? Mm. So, and that's going to look different for all of us, but I think it's actually really exciting to think of it that way. Mm -hmm. Like we all have all these different people and experiences and opportunities and we're all different. And so we all get to live out this awesome call in our own unique way. And Mm -hmm. I think that's really fun. Yes, I love that That's so good
0: yeah. it just It's yeah. starting where you are right now Like, it's yeah. not something that you're hoping will happen Like, down the road Like, tomorrow Who is somebody that's, like, in your circle Like, think about who's around you That you can just, like, be a light to Like, there yeah. is somebody and everybody's like There's a reason that you're in that job There's a reason that you're living where you are Like, it's so that God can use you yeah I love that yeah. okay yeah. so we've made it to our last three questions I ask these to every guest and I love getting to hear your responses so the first one is what is one thing you wish you knew as a 20 something
1: <laughs> you know what's funny is I have like a real answer and then I just thought of like a ridiculous answer
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> I want the ridiculous one then first <laughs>
1: Um, I feel like gosh like once you get out of your 20s you're like oh I didn't look so bad in my 20s <laughs> I think like you know I think that you're so hard on yourself at that age you just like you think you're like oh like I should look more like this or I, my hair should be more like that or you know I should be in more in shape or I shouldn't and, and then like you move on in life and A you get more comfortable with yourself but also you look back and you're like like, why, why was I so insecure? Why I was I so good. worried? And, yeah. Like I was fine, but you just start, I don't know for me, like I was in this hypercritical phase of, yeah, just criticizing myself and my looks. And, and I'm like, gosh, like, I mean, I'm not saying it goes downhill from there, <laughs> <laughs> You should just enjoy being young and beautiful and not be worried about that. <laughs> that- so
0: you wish you knew that you looked really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just did not worry about it so much. I'm like, gosh, like, what a waste. Um, uh-huh. But that does actually kind of tie in with my real, like, my more, like, thoughtful answer, which is just be kind of similar, just, like, not to, like, I wish I would have known, like, I didn't have to try so hard in life. Like, mm. I think I really exhausted myself. I stayed up super late, not, I mean, not like I still would stay up super late to have fun, but I would stay up till two or three in the morning on my laptop every night, just mm. trying to you know squeeze the most out of every day. And I just really ran myself ragged trying to do too much. And mm. I think that in some ways I just had this sense that I had to like prove myself or mm. that doing these things that matter, like you really have to give it your all. And it's like, but at some point you're giving it so much that you're, mm-hmm. you're left empty mm-hmm. and you kind of just end up sick and run down and you don't have room for like grace for yourself or grace for other people. And that's something I didn't really learn. Gosh, until, until I was in my thirties was just that like, you kind of have to loosen your grip on life to be able to enjoy it more. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think just, yeah, like you're going to be okay. Even if you know, like you should work hard and try to get the promotion, but like, if you don't get it, like you're going to be okay. God's got you. Or Mm -hmm. like, you know, if that relationship doesn't work out or if you don't have kids and everyone else is having kids, or, you know, if your house doesn't look like it's from a magazine, like you're still okay. Like you're actually great. So (laughs) I think just, yeah, just not trying so hard to make life, you know, be what you think it should be.
0: Yeah, because yeah. there's a lot out there like pressuring us. I feel like to have it all together, yeah. especially with social media and things like that. And so, I really like that. Just it's okay, like not to have it all together. You don't need to try yeah. that hard. Like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. You're doing the best you can, kid.
1: <laughs> right? Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Any resources? That you would recommend um, for
1: us around this topic? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to mention my book again. So I think that that actually mm-hmm. is like part 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 of the theme of my book. Also, I think there's a Shana Nico's book that Present Over Perfect that could oh, be yeah. a really good fit for this topic. Also, so I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. Order those two books today. No, yeah, that's
0: good. Yeah. At your local yeah. Amazon,
1: right? <laughs> exactly. Two-day shipping. Yes, it's like my favorite thing.
0: For real. If you can't find it yeah. on Amazon, you don't need it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> but not from some drive someplace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true.
1: This episode
0: is sponsored by Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I wish. Uh, (laughs) And then lastly, what is refreshing you these days? Anything that's just like giving you life?
1: Yeah. You know, especially in the last few months, there are two things that might sound trivial, but they've been really huge and just kind of like keeping my spirit fresh and my heart full and... I think the first one is just spending, you know, a good amount of time with close to girlfriends. Like I think so often in life, like we can get busy and not take time to do that. Or there's seasons in life where we just don't have close friends. And I've been there, as I've already mentioned, but I'm in this like really rich season right now where I just have a number of like great, great female friends and we can laugh together. We can be serious. We can support each other. We can be silly and ridiculous and we don't get embarrassed in front of one another, um, mm. And I don't know, it's just been really special and making time for that. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of changes everything else in my day and in my weeks. Like when I have like a quick phone call or we, you know, meet up for coffee real quick or, you know, before we all have to jet some off to, you know, work or kids or whatever we have going on that day. Um, And so that's been something that has really been refreshing me Mm -hmm. and really good for my heart. And the second thing is something I've done for a long time is I've gone to yoga forever. But I've been really focusing the last month or so on being really intentional about getting exercise very regularly. I, I usually mm. do workout, but like I've noticed that especially the yoga studio I go to is—I love it—but it's it is super tough, and that it's hot, and it's fast, and it's like you are just a pool of sweat by the time you. Yeah there's something about it that does. It just, it makes me, I'm exhausted, but I'm so refreshed after spending an hour doing something that actually takes a lot of focus and a lot of stamina and a lot of energy. And it just, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it brings my mind, like it pulls me away from like all mm-hmm. the chaos of the rest of my day. Yeah. So yeah, that's, and then the studio, I go to this thing in February, that's you know, this challenge to go 21 times out of 28 days. Wow! And I really haven't been hot on that because I was like, that's insane and ridiculous. Like, I'm never <laughs> going to get there. But of course, as soon as I said I was going to do it, like, I'm doing it. So I've been almost every day this month, which I thought would kill me. But I'm finding that, like, I don't think I've ever felt better. Like, I feel huh. so great. I feel like I have so much energy. My body is tired. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, yeah. but it does. Like, there's something, I don't know, it's been... I think like I'll definitely continue with like some level of frequency closer to that after this, just because it's been, I don't know, it's just been really good for me all around. I think my energy, my attitude, the way my body feels like everything, I think it's been really good. Hmm. It's interesting. It's
0: like when you think that you can't do something, it's just like great to be able to push yourself and realize, oh, that wasn't as hard as I thought, or actually like I really enjoyed that. Like some of the hardest things are actually the most rewarding. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right. It's funny because then you're like, well, what are the things I'm not even trying? Because I think it' what you are. What can I try next? I can do yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so good. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. coming on, Jen. It was, it was so fun having you. And uh, I just think there's a lot of really good nuggets about just, like, how to live on mission. It's just so practical. Like, you know, it's like, who tomorrow? Can I even think about, like, opening my eyes to see, like, who yeah. is around me? It's so day-to-day. It's just easy to forget, like, that that's our purpose. Like, it's not in the everyday stress of life. It's, like, ultimately, like, our purpose is to glorify the Lord, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. So thank you for uh, coming yeah. on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Okay. I really enjoyed it. It was so but... fun. Thanks so much, girl.
0: I hope you loved my episode with Jen Wise today. You can find more information about her and her new book over in the show notes. Be sure to share this episode with your gals and go leave a rating and review on iTunes if you loved the episode. Here's a review from Alyssa Clyett. The Lord is using Emma in such a big way through this podcast. She has wise women speaking into hard topics in the most gracious and loving ways. I am always so encouraged after each episode and just love what the Lord is doing through this podcast and in so many others. Thanks, Alyssa. And thank you guys for tuning in. I'll check you back next week.